Hi, this is Dr. Tony Cooper, and this is Life Without Baggage. In this podcast, I'll help you develop a stronger sense of self, develop firmer boundaries, and also learn how to lean into the gentle promptings of the Holy Spirit who can help you navigate life. I have dozens of bonus videos posted that will help you in these areas and also will help you develop stronger coping skills. In each of the program notes, there's a link where you can request a free digital devotional book that I've written, where you can find my other media, and also where you can find my books on Amazon. Just a reminder before we get into today's episode that this is not a substitute for medication or counseling. If you're having thoughts of harming yourself or another person, or if this material triggers you, please contact your doctor or a mental health specialist to help you with your concerns. Now here's today's episode. We're here in the series on understanding narcissism. We've been talking about the three ways where you can protect yourself from a narcissistic environment or culture or individual, having a strong sense of self, having firm personal boundaries, and being able to lean into the promptings of the Holy Spirit. So today I'm going to be talking about how to practice the presence of God. Now, I'm not sure if you ever read the book by Brother Lawrence called Practicing the Presence of God, but when I read that a couple of decades ago, I guess, it really opened my eyes to the way that God really wants to encounter us, have a personal connection to us. So when we talk about practicing the presence of God, we're really talking about having more of an experience that we're learning to cultivate the companionship, the relationship, and not just adding information. Although the information is important, knowing God's word is important. One of the things I used to do is I used to read a lot of biographies. I would read biographies of famous people, of um, world changers, some celebrities where I admired their work, but reading a biography, I might know more about the person, but I don't know that person and they don't know me. So the information is not what creates relationship. So I just make that distinction for you. So you also know that the Pharisees in the time of Jesus, they were the ones that knew God's word, that knew the law the best. They could quote, line upon line. But when Jesus was in their presence, they murdered him. So the information does not automatically enable us to have a deeper connection. So sometimes we can get caught up in tradition, tradition of how to do things. And there's nothing wrong in and of itself with tradition. Tradition is comforting. It brings order. It brings structure into our lives. But if we're just relying on the tradition and not having direct experience of knowing God for ourselves, then the tradition is very empty. And I just want to give one more kind of silly little example. So you know that I'm very close to my brother. I've had my nephew do a couple of podcasts with me, his son. So if my brother tells me that he had time with his son, Curtis, my nephew, going kayaking or bicycling or something else, that makes me happy, but it doesn't bring me closer to my nephew. 
But if I spend time with my nephew, if we do a podcast together, if I borrow his drill so that I can destroy the old hard drive I have that I want to get like out of the way so that no one can steal any data off of it. Well, that's a more direct experience with different aspects of his personality and deepens our connection. So we're made in God's image. So the things that help us feel connected to other people that are meaningful to us with other people, we can use a lot of those same principles in understanding how to draw closer to God. So again, quoting from Matthew 22, where I don't have it memorized, but where it talks about loving God with all our hearts, with all our minds, with all our strength, that we're talking about affection, not just information, not just duty, but affection. And we develop affection for people by spending time with them. If we don't know them at all, we're not likely to have any affection. But over time, as you come to understand and know and appreciate another person, so it is with God, we deepen our love for him. So when we talk about practicing the presence of God, the word practice, it's something that we repeat. It's repetitive over time. You might practice a sport, a musical instrument, so that it becomes more and more your second nature. The same way as we practice the presence of God, we become more comfortable. We become more suited to drawing from our spiritual life and connecting to the Lord more through our spirits and less through our intellects or even our, our emotions, which all of those are important, but a relationship of depth has many different facets to it. We've talked about in Psalms, it says that deep calls unto deep, that God invites us, draws us to come closer, to, to allow him deeper into our hearts and minds and the fabric of our life. So you might think about practice as focus. So all day long, we are practicing some thought patterns, whether it's focusing on our worries or on our goals, or on a child, on what we have to get done that day, on a romantic partner, we practice certain thought patterns. And those thought patterns become our focus. So in the same way, we can shift what we focus on so that we are connecting more into our spiritual connection with the Lord and not as much driven by the chaos outside of us or the pressures outside of us. So uh, how do we do that? Well, we've talked about having a daily time of quiet time with the Lord. Psalm 4610 says, be still and know that I am God. So getting in the habit of being still to meditate on his word, to chew on it, I have a lot of podcasts that have talked about that, especially the first three podcasts I did in November of 2021 about spiritual rest and entering into spiritual rest. So less focus on the information and more focus on being in God's presence. John 14, 21 says, he who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me 
will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So manifest means to disclose, to make real. So Jesus becomes more and more real to us as we obey him as best we can, as we spend time with him, as we get to know his word. The last few podcasts, I've talked about Psalm 84 verse five, that says the highways of God are are in our hearts and they're in our hearts when we've allowed his word to become part of our thinking, part of the fabric of our lives. So being still in his presence, being still and reading the word, meditating on it, chewing on it, and developing that as a consistent part of cultivating our connection, cultivating our relationship. Kind of, it's an attitude in a lot of ways where throughout the day I might say, Lord, thank you for your constant unbroken companionship. That's in Isaiah 30, 18, where I just kind of reconnect. You might send a text to someone that you love uh, to let them know you're thinking about them or to just share a thought. So with God, we can just, right at the moment we're thinking about it, comment, Lord, you know, thank you that you're with me. When we find ourselves worrying or concerned or frustrated, I've had a lot of situations lately where I have been extremely frustrated with things that I couldn't correct, that I couldn't get straightened out. And so I have kind of reminded myself that the Lord is on my side. And I've quoted a verse like Hebrews 11.3 that says, Lord, your word puts everything in order. So I trust you, Lord, that you are putting everything in order. And I'll name the situation then. I'll name the situation in my life, in my emotions, in my sleep, in my relationships, that I just rehearse the fact that God is good, that he cares about me, that he's present. So maybe I'm happy and I just say, Lord, thank you for, you know, this good thing that happened today. Thank you that this got solved. Thank you that this money came in that I was expecting. Thank you that it's a beautiful day, that the sun is shining, that the grass is green and the air smells wonderful outside. Just acknowledging him throughout the day practicing his presence. John 15 calls that abiding in him, that we're, we're mindful of the fact that God is with us, that we're in his presence. So obviously we're not really going to do that all day long because you might have a job or there's things to do. And it's not really possible that all day long you're going to be praying and focusing on the Lord. But Throughout the day, you can keep touching base, just like you might text someone that you love. You're just kind of touching base. When your mind is not occupied, you can be kind of uh, chewing on maybe uh, the verse that you read in the morning, the scripture that he used to speak to you. Sometimes I sing, so I'm not going to do that right now, but sometimes I just sing if if a song comes to mind or I've or if I'm especially um, grateful, I might just sing. Or maybe 
sing one of the verses, kind of just put my own little melody to it. So I don't think it would sound good to anybody but God. But I'm sure that brings him joy, just like when you hear a child or your grandchild sing, that it just gives you joy to see them responding and being happy. And so it's a way to just stay connected to God, to include him in the fabric of our lives. So another example is a lot of times at work, I might be listening to a client and I might be kind of thinking and and praying silently, Lord, what's the best way to address what they're telling me? Uh, What can I say to them that is going to help them see something or help them feel better about something or a strategy to address whatever is troubling them. And I'll just be praying silently and then maybe something will just come to me, one word or an image or a question to ask. And that might open up something that this person needs. So while I'm at work, I'm drawing on the things I know, but I'm also allowing the Lord to direct my thoughts and kind of interacting with him so that he can speak to the person through me. And we can all do that. You may have heard me talk about before that in the Christian life, there's train and track. I heard this from a pastor. So the track is the word of God. We have the word of God as our foundation, that it directs our steps. But the train is the Holy Spirit who gives us the power to advance, to move forward. So the more that we have God's word, we have a better sense of whether or not something is from God, because we can get any kind of random thought or impression. A lot of people bring their journals to their sessions to read to me things they believe God is saying. And, you know, many times it's wonderful things that that they're sensing from the Lord. But for many people, what I what I believe is happening and I will say is that doesn't sound like the Lord to me. That sounds like your own self-judgment coming out during your prayer time. And I think at at that juncture, that became more of your judgment and advice to yourself to do better. And it's not that the Lord doesn't do that. It can be difficult to discern what God is saying to us, what is our own soul imposing an agenda or a wish on a situation and what is truly God. So again, we need that track, the word of God that creates the boundaries, but we need the train, the life, the flowing life, the resurrection life of the Holy Spirit directing us, cautioning us, encouraging us, just helping us move from glory to glory and from strength to strength to comprehend the truth, the truth of God's goodness. The next podcast is going to be about practicing God's goodness. But what I want to say today is that many times uh, people have such a frightening view of God. They They want to do what's right. They want to obey him. They want to understand his word. But their view of God is kind of frightening. And when things go wrong, they wonder, well, 
I'm probably being punished or God must be mad at me. And it's easy to think that way. I've had to unlearn a lot of that myself. But if we recognize that God loves us, that he wants to be an important part of our lives, that he wants to encourage us, that he wants to strengthen us and help us overcome the things that are obstacles, we'll want to spend more time in his presence. We'll want to keep checking in with him because we'll we'll just feel the life and the support that comes from outside of ourselves. It's beyond what you can do for yourself. It's beyond what you can conjure up for yourself or the comfort and calmness I need when I'm getting a little too intense about something. I'll just sense him saying, hey, you don't have to push yourself this hard. You can go a little easier. You can take a break. So depending on your personality, practicing God's presence is going to look different. Sometimes we need the lion of God to give us the um, courage and intensity to take on a challenge and not shrink back. And then sometimes we need the lamb of God who just comforts us and forgives us. And just we can sink into that gentleness. So as we learn to practice the presence of God, we'll be more connected to the Lord will be more sensitive, responsive to his leading. The more that we understand his love and his goodness, we'll want to obey, we'll want to include him. And that will help us be more discerning when something comes up with a person or with a situation. We'll know that God is with us and we'll know, is this something I should fight? Is this something I should accept? Is this something I need to keep praying about? The Lord just helps you understand and gives you a little sense of, "Mm, don't do that. That's not good for you. I mean, sometimes it's just not clear and I don't have a reason, but I just know that probably isn't a good idea. And then maybe months later, I'll figure out, oh, that's why the Lord was cautioning me. Don't get involved with that. That's not going to be good. So these are just some thoughts on how to practice the presence of God. The book by Brother Lawrence was written in the 1600s, and it's still a classic. So anything that's been around that long, you know, is good. And these are very simple principles that any of us can, can follow, can practice that attitude of focusing when our mind is free, focusing on that connection with the Lord. So let me pray for us. Lord, I thank you that you desire connection with us, that you desire us to love you back, not just to be robots who follow a bunch of rules, but you desire connection and you want affection from us. You delight when we show affection to you, when we include you in our thoughts, and in our plans, and in our decisions. So I bless this person for a greater depth of encounter with you, to know the sweetness, the peace, and the courage that comes from your presence. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This is Dr. Tony Cooper, and this is Life Without Baggage. Thanks for listening. And if this helped you, share it with a friend. Talk to you next time when we'll be looking at the goodness God.